0: Hello, and today I'll be talking to those students who are interested in passing the B1 exam and something that you can do which would quickly improve your word power. That is, quickly help you to have more words to use in the writing and in the speaking part of the exams. So I'll be talking about that. Today is a story. Uh, The story is based on a story from the American writer O. Henry and it's an extract really, it's not the full story and completely rewritten for B1 students and the language that I'll be using will be language connected to the topic of the house. OK, so here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels and if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level then I recommend my book The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to give you a tip on how you can fairly quickly improve your B1 word power. So if you're going to take the exam, it'll help you to have more vocabulary that you can use in the writing and the speaking part. Now, what is that tip? Well, it's fairly simple, really. I noticed that a lot of my students weren't really using words in the writing and speaking part of the exam, which were the simplest to learn. Now, I'm talking about words which are cognates. What is a cognate? Well, a cognate is a word which is similar in your mother tongue and also similar in English. And they're easily recognizable because of the similarity. Now, I'm talking especially about languages which are Latin based languages, for example, like French or Italian or Spanish. And in English, nearly half our words are from Latin, as English really was sort of based on French or a part of it was based on french influence so we have words then which are b1 words and these are easily learnt for by students who are speakers of those latin based languages and i'm referring to words like magnificent enormous nervous spectacular historical modern, private, and luxury. Now, all those are adjectives. They're B1 adjectives and quite easy for you to learn and remember because they're very similar. So my tip, my um, advice is to try to use those words. Look uh, in your textbook to see which are the cognates in B1 or if you're doing B2, as well, B2, and use those words. They're the simplest ones to learn. I think what most students seem to do is they say, hey, yeah, I know that word. I don't need to write it down because I recognize that word if I see it. Yes, sure, you will recognize it if you see it in the reading, for example. But why not use those words too? Use them. And I've used those words I've already mentioned In this story today, so listen out for them. And also, the vocabulary that I'm going to use today, so this is uh, another subject now. Now I'm talking about the vocabulary of the story, which is about the house, because uh, this is a story of somebody who is looking for accommodation. Accommodation, then, is a B1 word which means a place to stay and sleep usually uh, to pay a rent r e n t and stay there um, even though it's not your own home we call that accommodation also a hotel as well is a type of accommodation okay so um other words um, regarding the house in this house is the ground floor which is the floor at the bottom of the house, when you go into a house, you go in at the ground floor and then you have the first floor, second floor, if you go up the stairs or upstairs and at the top of the house, if there are several floors you'll have the top floor, at the top of the house Okay, um, another adjective which is used To describe a house which has large windows so a lot of light coming in we say it is very bright it is very bright b-r-i-g-h-t lots of light there's a reference to a bedroom and in the bedroom there is a wardrobe a wardrobe that is where you put your clothes or hang your clothes h a n g on coat hangers, then also in the bedroom on the bed, this is a b one word sheets you have sheets s h w t s which is the white material, usually very clean uh, that you use to cover yourself when you are in bed, and then on the sheets you will probably have a blanket, B-L-A-N-K-E-T, blanket. In the bathroom, well, you have a place where you can wash and uh, that is called a basin, B-A-S-I-N. And on the basin, you have two taps, usually. A hot tap and a cold tap. And you turn them on and the water comes out, and those are called taps, T-A-P-S, which, when they're turned on, the water runs into the basin. Now, in this story, there is a chest of drawers, again in the bedroom, probably, which is a piece of furniture, which has drawers which open and close, and we usually keep clothes in there in a chest of drawers now this house has stairs obviously you use the stairs to go from one floor to the next you go upstairs or downstairs and each stair we can call a step s-t-e-p and also at the front of the house as well often Just in front of the front door, you might have a step, which you sort of stand on or walk up when you go into the house, a step. Now, right at the top of the house, some houses may have an attic. Now, an attic is a small room, which is usually built underneath the roof, so in a lot of um, houses in uh, Northern Europe or in the UK or in the US, um, the roof is often sloping. So it's not a flat roof, but it is sloping. And there is a space underneath that roof. And there you could have a room. And that room is called an attic. A-T-T-I-C. One more word, uh, ladder, la is a sort of, well, a way of going up as well. But instead of stairs, it is made of two parallel pieces of wood with steps on them, which you use to usually uh, gain access to something which is higher up. That is called a ladder. Mm, I don't know if I've explained that very well. It comes in the story, and the story is called The Attic. In fact, the original story was called The Skylight Room. The Skylight Room. And a skylight is a little window, usually in an attic. So it's a window which is on the roof itself. So it is sort of looking upwards. I've changed the uh, title to The Attic because I think an attic is more of a modern word. So it's based on a story by O. Henry, written at the uh, beginning of the 20th century. And I've tried to modernize it a little bit, especially the language, of course. So it's all very relevant language to you. So remember to listen out for those cognates, those words which are probably similar in your own language and that you could easily use yourselves. And also the language which I picked out earlier to talk about the house. Here we go. (music) The Attic, based on a short story by O. Henry, originally called The Skylight Room. This Edited B1 version has been written by M.A. Bilborough. Miss Elsie Leeson arrived at Mrs. Parker's magnificent and enormous house shortly after five o'clock in the afternoon. It was a tall building, four floors high, with windows that looked out onto a fashionable street, where smartly dressed New Yorkers rode in handsome carriages pulled by powerful horses, hot and dusty, in the afternoon sun. Elsie felt nervous as she rang the doorbell. She knew the accommodation here would not be inexpensive, probably too much for her to pay, But the building was close to her main customers and it would reduce travel costs if she could stay in this area. She was quite a short girl with eyes and hair that had kept on growing after she had stopped. They seemed to be saying, What's the matter with you? Why have you stopped getting taller? In one hand, she carried a typewriter that looked very large and heavy next to her small body. Elsie was a freelance copy typist, which meant she went to various businesses and offices where they gave her letters to copy, or she typed letters that an employee read aloud to her. A maid, a young girl, in the typical black-and-white uniform, probably still in her teens, opened the door, looked down at Elsie standing on the step, and asked, in an unfriendly voice, Do you have an appointment? Yes, I do, replied Elsie shyly,
1: with Mrs. Parker, at
0: 5pm. Come in, then said the girl, and she walked back into the house while Elsie followed behind her. It was quite a spectacular entrance, with soft carpets on the floors, large paintings on the walls of historical scenes and famous politicians, and very wide stairs leading up to the first floor. Huge lamps of hundreds of pieces of cut glass hung from the high ceiling mrs parker suddenly appeared from behind her with a quiet cough <coughs> elsie turned around mrs parker was a tall middle-aged woman and wore a long and what elsie thought was a very expensive dress she wore her hair in a bun and looked at Elsie through tiny round glasses, and what was perhaps a small smile on her face. "'Good afternoon, Miss Leeson.
1: "'I understand you're looking for a room for accommodation. "'Please, follow me and I'll show you around.
0: "'We'll start on the ground floor if you don't mind.' Her voice was quite bright and cheerful, but Elsie didn't feel comfortable next to this great lady. Not at all, answered Elsie quietly. Mrs Parker turned her back and led Elsie to the side of the entrance hall, where she opened a door onto a large bright room, the afternoon sunshine coming in through the window. The furniture was modern for the early 20th century, the curtains were heavy and looked expensive. There was a thick carpet on the floor, which, Elsie thought, might have been new. A spectacular wooden chest of drawers stood on the left of the room, and under the window there was a comfortable sofa, large enough to sit several guests. However, the piece of furniture that attracted your attention more than any other was a gorgeous bed on the right of the room, with pure white sheets and four posts in each corner that held a canopy of green and gold material. Elsie thought to herself that instead of a simple room, Mrs. Parker "'had brought her to a palace. "'There is a separate private bathroom, of course,' "'said Mrs. Parker, "'obviously very proud of her home.' "'They both walked over to the bathroom and looked in. "'Again it was a bright room "'due to a second window "'that let the sun shine through. "'The bath was so long "'you could lie down in it, "'and the taps were gold coloured. "'There was even a brightly coloured rug by the bath "'for you to step onto and not get your feet cold.' "'In fact,' continued Mrs. Parker, "'you have the use of another room here.' "'And she opened a door onto a sort of huge wardrobe "'where there were coat hangers and lots more space for other luggage. "'You could keep some of your equipment here, or even hang a skeleton.' Elsie was shocked.
1: Why why should I want to keep a skeleton in there?
0: She asked in a small voice. Mrs. Parker immediately looked at Elsie as though she felt sorry for her.
1: You mean you're not a doctor?
0: She asked.
1: Perhaps you're a dentist. I'm sorry, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dentist either.
0: Elsie apologised.
1: I'm a copy-typist.
0: Mrs. Parker was disappointed.
1: So you can't pay $12 a month for this room?
0: Elsie had to admit she could not, and the way Mrs. Parker looked made Elsie feel ashamed she was not a doctor or a dentist.
1: Well, we'll just have to go to the first-floor apartments,
0: said Mrs. Parker. Perhaps they will be more suitable for you and she walked out of the room and towards the stairs, as though she were hurt by Elsie's lack of interest in her luxury apartment. Elsie ran after her the best she could with her heavy typewriter. On the first floor, they visited a room that obviously wasn't available for rent. When Mrs. Parker knocked on the door, a badly dressed man with a beard opened the door, and looked worried when he saw the owner. He was smoking a cigarette, and when Mrs. Parker walked in, uninvited, Elsie noticed how the room was full of smoke.
1: Mr. Skidder is a university professor. He has been with us for eight years now, haven't you, Mr. Skidder? Yes, Mrs. Parker,
0: he answered, looking anxious. Uh, I have last month's rent for you. He opened a drawer, took out a few banknotes and handed them to Mrs. Parker, who looked unhappy. "'Well,' Mr. Skidder added, "'half of last month's rent. I can pay you the rest next week.' Mrs. Parker said nothing more to Mr. Skidder, but looked at Elsie and said, "'The furniture in this room is really beautiful, don't you think, Miss Leeson?' Elsie wanted to say something positive feeling pleased that Mrs. Parker had asked for her opinion. Unfortunately, there was so much smoke in the room, Elsie could see very little. But she replied, Yes, it's lovely, Mrs. Parker. Saying nothing to Mr. Skidder, Mrs. Parker and Elsie left the room and closed the door. Mrs. Parker then looked down at Elsie and made a noise something like, "'Hmm,' and then added, "'The rooms on this floor, Miss
1: Leeson, cost eight dollars a month. Is it worth showing them to you?' "'I'm afraid not,'
0: answered Elsie, who felt so terrible and ashamed at this moment that tears came to her eyes.
1: "'I cannot pay more than two dollars a month.' Two dollars?'
0: repeated Mrs. Parker. "'I see. Just a moment.' and she called loudly down the stairs, Clara, please come up here for a moment, will you? Immediately, Elsie could hear somebody running up the stairs, and then the maid, who had opened the door to her, appeared. Yes, Mrs. Parker, how can I help
1: you, Mrs. Parker? Take Miss Leeson to the top floor and show her the attic.
0: She may stay there for two dollars a month. And without saying another word to Elsie, Mrs. Parker walked away, looking more hurt than ever. It was as though the maid had shared Mrs. Parker's feelings about Elsie's low salary problems, because she looked coldly at her, turned around, and began to walk upstairs without saying another word. To reach the attic, there was a ladder, which led to a small door in the ceiling. It was so difficult to climb up, Elsie decided to leave her typewriter on the floor below and follow the maid. When they were finally both standing in the room, Elsie's heart sank. The room was about two metres by one metre and a half in size. There was a small iron bed, a basin without taps, a chair and a shelf, Which. Elsie thought she could use as a table for her typewriter. Despite the feeling that she was standing in a hole, when she looked up, she could see a small window in the roof and a little square of blue sky. The maid looked at Elsie, waiting for her to speak. Elsie smiled, although she didn't want to, And said,
1: fine, I'll take it.
0: And that's the end of the story. I hope you heard those cognates, the words which are Latin-based words in the story. I hope you picked them out as you were listening. And all those useful words which are used to talk about the house. Until next time, goodbye for now. (music)